Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you mind if I tell you the story? Clicking Balls presents the Footy Podcast Game Show. So you can see I've already made one change. I've changed the name. I decided Kicking Speckies was a little bit too Shit. out there. So we've gone for the gone for the obvious straight bat for this one. So this is uh, a bit of a footy game show. We'll make up uh, some trivia, some questions, some different ways to get points and uh, see who wins at the end of the day, who wins nothing. Tonight's uh, contestants, we have Brenton again representing the Richmond Football Club. Unfortunately. <laughs> Um, who won't come in ninth tonight. I mean, to be honest, I'm probably one of the, the better um, mascots of the Richmond supporter base, I think. <laughs> really one of the shining examples of the Richmond supporter base? I, I think so, because I only swear out my TV and not the actual umpires and players and supporters. Only because you weren't there. Yeah. And you don't have a microwave yet. And representing the North Melbourne Football Club will be uh, Joshua again. How are you doing, Josh? I'm taking it one week at a time. That's good to see. All right, as we always do, the first game will be the opening bounce, where I open up a pack of... Uh, AFL playing cards. It is a brand new pack, so first opened up. So we'll see. Read out some of the details off the back of the card and see if we can guess who the player is. So, Brenton, we'll go with you first. All right. Uh, we've decided that I'm just going to straight up give you the, the team. Yep. Giving the numbers didn't work. So we've got Collingwood, starting with good old Collingwood. So we're looking at a debut of 2007, played 104 games, kicked 37 goals last year. He's 195 centimetres in height and 98 kilos. 35 goals last year. Yep. Does he have a basketball... Uh, no, no, no. Start again. 35 career goals. Oh. And Th- how tall was he? 195. 195. So, 100 games, 37 goals. 37 goals. All and right. I, I'll be honest, I'm surprised it's that high. It's got to be gold sack. No, it's not gold sack. I would be it's really surprised if gold yeah, sack had that many goals. I don't know. I have to have a look. <laughs> and Joshua... Ah, Talk it through. What are you thinking, Frost? Well, well, I'm thinking that low amount of goals, it's either uh, one of the cloaks, who only one's playing, I'm pretty sure he did more than 35, or a backman. Um, like Goldsack? Yep, and I'm trying to think of you, backmen I know who play. You, you, and you've gone with Frost? Well, I don't, yeah, he's, he's a new, I don't think he's played 100. No, nah, he wouldn't have played 100 games. I think he's only been in a season and a half, maybe two. So, yeah, that was fucked. Um who else can we look at back there? Well, I'll tell you what. You've both had a guess and neither of you said Ben Reid. So let's say you, you got it wrong. Yeah, I was not going to go for Ben Reid. My next one would have been Grundy and he's a ruckman. So fuck that. Ben yeah. Reid. Ben, right. ben Reid. Ben Reid, that one. So, uh, Josh, you get first crack at the next one. And we're looking at the Mighty Tigers. Had a debut in 2008. 153 games and 91 goals. And he's 185 centimetres in height. Okay, let's see. 91 goals. In 2015, he averaged 14 kicks and 10 handballs. Well, he's more kicks than handballs, so that rules out pretty much all the midfielders. <laughs> and uh, the back line. <laughs> Most of the back line. Averaged 3.4 tackles per game. 
See, I was almost going to go Hooli until I realised that he had more kicks than handballs. Um, oh, 95 career goals and started in 08. 91 career goals, 90. started in 08. Yeah. Um, well, so been around a bit, but only 150 games. So he hasn't really... Uh, 150's a lot. Yeah. It's not bad. He's had some a little bit of time off, though. 150's, you know, you'll have a, an injury here or there. It's like, less than 10 years. Yeah, yeah, it's 200. Oh. What's that, eight seasons that he's played? Or you would assume if he's yeah. an 18-year-old yeah. recruit? Eight by 22, because with Richmond, you don't need to worry too much about finals. Ran out uh, of fingers. <laughs> it's about 180 possible games. 170-odd. Um, anyway, so trying to think of that. Let's go for a player's name now. Oh, coming off the back of the wing. I'll go for marriage. Marich. Yeah, fuck it. I don't think he's got 24 disposal in his career. Okay. It, oh, that, that's wrong. Put it that way. Oh, okay, fair enough. Brenton, you want to have a crack? Um, did, he's make he, did he make his debut for Richmond? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of like half-half for the team. Yeah, I'm going to say, <laughs> you've narrowed it down very well. With, I, this, if there was a guess who, I'd probably put down like the women or something. It'd be like half the, the people still standing up. So on that, Twenty-four and a half disposals average, and oh, last these year. are two thousand and sixteen cards. Yeah, uh, yes, they are. So two thousand fifteen, he averaged twenty-four and a half disposals. Right. Well, I'm going to take a stab and say Shane Edwards. No, not a bad effort, but it was it was captain, Cotchin. captain Cochin. Cochin. We'll move on to the second round. We'll give you one more each. All right. Uh, so who went first that time? Josh went first. So Brenton, yeah. you've got this one. We're looking at the Crows. Oh, okay. You've got a red hot chance on this one. Taylor Walker. 2005 debut. <laughs> 229 games for 400 goals. 404 goals. 172 centimetres in height. <laughs> if this isn't screaming at it, I, I feel embarrassed to give you any more clues. I'll fucking steal it. Well, I mean, so he's a midget and he's kicked that many goals. Narrows it down. Narrows it down. Is he... Did he debut for the Crows? No. Is it Betty Etz? <laughs> it is Eddie Betts, and it's got a hologram, that card, so enjoy yeah, that one. That could be an insert. Yeah. Correct Correct uh, answer gets you uh, get you to keep the card. I think that's an insert. I have to buy the latest Beckett's or something and see, <laughs> see, see how much they worth. pretend this piece of plastic's worth. Well, I'll give you a tip. The the deck, uh, the pack of cards is worth $3.95, so that's got to be a, worth at least a dollar. I, yeah, I could probably trade it for some school kids for a fresh deck. <laughs> All right, Joshua, this is the last one for the opening bounce. We're looking at Carlton. Debuted in 2008, 119 games, 65 goals, 200 centimetres in height. So in 2015, he averaged seven kicks and five handballs, which is uh, 12, 12 disposals, three marks. And if I go any further, I'm going to give it away. Uh only three marks, so not Casbolt. Um, Menzel, I don't know. 2008 debut for 119 games. Menzel's your guess? Yeah, fuck it. Well, obviously, if I kept asking, <laughs> giving you clues, it's not correct. Brenton, do you want to have a steal? Well, 2008, so, I mean, it's 2016 this year, obviously. So Eight years, 119 it, games. It, so, it's not many games for... Not many. For somebody that's still on a list. And someone who's only had three tackles, there's going to be a, a soft motherfucker that's only had three tackles. So I'm going to go Bryce Gibbs. 
<laughs> he would have played more games with that. Nah, it's Matty Cruiser. Cruiser. Oh, yeah. See, the, 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 the trick there was he hasn't played many games because he's always bloody injured. Yeah, and not many tackles because he, he rucks and then doesn't do anything for us the game. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh, he'll smash it once he goes to another side. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Especially since Ruckman get good about 30 or something. So how old's Cruiser these days? Uh, well, 2027, uh, something like that. So he's, He better start getting good. He's got another three years till he gets drafted. He hasn't got long. Hasn't got long to go. All right, um, that's, uh, that concludes the, the first game, the opening bounce. That's the end of that, and I think we're on one goal each because I forgot to keep scoring. I'm going off memory. Yeah, I think I got six rush behinds. For mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't th- I think it was only just one. No, you, Yeah, I didn't score just, shit. Just Eddie bets. All right, so it's one goal to, one goal to Brenton. And what? I got... Uh, no, I didn't get caught. You, you just threw that to me. That that was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was disgusted that, was that you got it wrong. dumb mother. I had three Travis Cloaks out on the fall. <laughs> All right. We move on to our next game. Okay, the second game we're playing tonight is called Cheer, Cheer, Read What I Write. Oh. So, new game for, for the, the format. It is so, Dan Joke Friday. We it, can do the pun. Yeah. Yep, thank you. Um, what I've done is I've downloaded the 2015 AFL Prospectus app right. from Champion Data. And the reason it's the 2015 and not 16 is because it's free. <laughs> I had to pay 12 bucks for the 2016 <laughs> one. So, I'm going to read... A, out. If they want to sponsor us, by <laughs> means we'll take the 12 bucks. I'll take the 12 bucks, no worries. <laughs> so I'm going to read out their write-up um, on a player, and it's the first person to come in with the player's name. Right. All right. So now, yeah. If it's a wrong answer, do we get locked out? Uh, if it's a wrong answer, the next person gets one. No. But how many wrong answers do you want? Well, sometimes you go for the joke, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I think it's a serious answer. <laughs> all right. This player. So, in, uh, and in the write-ups, write-ups, whenever they mention the player's name, because obviously if I said that, it kind of gives it away, yeah, I'm going to replace it with Mark Zanotti. I would like for at least one time this season of, of what are we calling this? The, the footy, footy podcast footy game podcast, show. You actually say the name and see if we pay attention and pick up on it. It could happen. So it just throw it at least one, one time in this series. All right. I make no guarantees. So here we go. The essential number cruncher for season 2015, it says. Zanotti was used more as a forward in 2014 than previous seasons, winning a career-high 14% of his disposals inside the forward 50. He was the Bombers' fifth most used target inside 50 and won 38% of one-on-one contests he was targeted in, the 13th best percentage of the top 100 one-on-one players. Is he still playing this season? He is. I, I made sure <laughs> I didn't pick a, uh, a rubbed-out player. Fantasy Frico says, always a safe and reliable pick. He's a forward mid. Yeah, it's Brendan Goddard. It is Brendan Goddard. Yes. Well done. I was going to say, I was thinking about it like, Essen, all right. Zaharakis, uh, he's he's not the type that uh, would fit that sort of mould. And not many of the Essen players are left after they got banned <laughs> would fit that mould. So I'm thinking it's not Crowley. <laughs> so... <laughs> Pretty sure that's got to be Goddard. And it was. You've done well. Very well. I feel like I had to justify my guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to player number two. So first one in with the correct answer. Zanotti's flexibility is key to his value. He was involved in 34% of North Melbourne's centre bounces last season and also spent 15% of his time in defence and 27% as a forward. Harry Taylor. <laughs> He ranked number one at the club for total disposals and featured at both ends of the field, ranking fourth for the Kangas for total intercept possessions 
and 10th for scoreboard impact. Bloody hell. Um, His ability to read the play was always been a highlight. Ranking fourth in the competition well, for loose ball gets. A last North Melbourne player that reads the play. <laughs> it's like oxymoron. It, it narrows it down. <laughs> uh, Zanotti was an elite kick inside 50, recording the equal second highest retention rate of the top 100 alongside Harvey, and was a valuable clearance player, recording the 13th highest clearance efficiency of the top 100 clearance players. Jack Jack Zebel. Dude's name. I'm going with Jack Zebel. Fantasy Freako says. No, I'm Going, what's his fucking no name? signs. The Bulldogs of, player. What's his name? No signs of this veteran slowing down. His consistency makes him a safe pick. Um, Mr. Bulldogs. Mr. Bulldogs. He's a midfielder. What's his name? Aged thirty-two. All right. It's not Sean Higgins. I'll give you Sean that Higgins. much. Damn. Damn. <laughs> and remember, this is the two thousand and fifteen, so it's a year old, and he wasn't. He might not have been playing for the uh, for North in two thousand and fourteen. He's from the draft of 2001, pick 13. Lucky Hansen. Height, 185 centimetres, weight, 85 kilos. Sean White. I'm running out of ways to hint at... Uh, Jared White. Cunnington. Used to play for St. Kilda. Oh, Nick does. (laughs) I'll have to give you a point for that. Pretty sure Dale Sander played for the Bulldogs. (laughs) He was not Mr. Bulldogs. All right. We'll wrap up. Cheer, cheer. Read what I write right there. And I might not even in there. Our next game is called Join in the Chorus. In this game, I've taken team songs and put them through Google Translate a number of times. I, I like this game because most time when I hear when the final siren sounds and I hear the team song, I'm hammered. So <laughs> it's just about how it comes out. One way or another, yeah. you've got and, yeah. and you're Richmond supporter, so it's usually the other yeah. team song. Well, it's kind of disadvantage that I'm half sober for this game, so. Maybe put this in the last round. <laughs> Here we go. So what I've done is I've taken the team songs and I've put them through Google Translate a number of times and then back into English. Um, and any resulting any resulting mention of the team or the mascot, I've replaced with the university students because otherwise it'll be too obvious. So here we go. Joining the chorus, first person to come in with the correct team. And if you get a wrong answer, you are out because there's only 18 teams. Yep. Here we go. Nice parents forever university. Understanding of playing games. Together. Brandon, Western Bulldogs. It is not. Joshua, you get... Oh, nice parents. You red, get the white, free ones. blue. Together, we are united. Enter the name of the holder. Oh, God damn it. Here, I hate that I speak Google. <laughs> here, barrackers would call... As all barrackers should. All necessary barrackers... There is a movement in the government prefecture for old university. Joshua, your answer. Essendon. <laughs> you got it wrong. Fuck it. Can, I, can I go Collingwood? Collingwood. Yeah. yeah, of course it's Collingwood. <laughs> Missed an absolute yeah, layer. No, I, had it. I, like, I think he, I think he um, set it up for me to spike it, but didn't realise that I already had a guess and I was out. Never. Barrackers was definitely the giveaway there, yeah, once, once you got down. Yeah, there. before that I was like, oh my God, it's Sydney. And then he said <laughs> that, I was like, oh, well, Josh has got it now. <laughs> yeah, no. And then I, yeah, anyway. Brain fart. All right. The next game is another new game for us. I've called it C. Judd. Three votes. Right. Thank you for pausing with that. I didn't think I'd get through with that. No, I, I was, uh, well, I had nothing, so I was just waiting to see what happened. <laughs> um, all right. What I've done is I've gone the top 10 vote getters from a Brownlow medal night, and I'm going to read them from the bottom to the top. Guess when you think you know the year and the winner 
An incorrect guess gives your opponent a free swing on the next name. So we're going to start from the 10th place. You have to tell me the winner and the year of the Brownlow. <laughs> right. Wrong guess. The other person gets a free name. All right. So here we go. Uh, what's the ballpark range of... AFL, AFL era. AFL, right. Yeah, so 91 onwards. Yeah. <laughs> what happens uh, for Joe Watson? Well... If that's the answer, well, do we just say... He's still got the most votes. It's not Joe Watson. <laughs> I'll give you a tip. It's not Joe Watson. Correct. Well, yeah. it probably wouldn't be either <laughs> if we did that year. Okay. Trent Cutchin. <laughs> Sam Mitchell again. Here we go. Tenth place on 17 votes, Jonathan Brown. All right. So we're looking mid to late 90s. 18th place. Not bad since he debuted in 2001. Yes. Mid, mid to late 2000s. I already said in one <laughs> podcast where that whole era has been condensed and... Um, it's been pretty much wind zipped in the back of my head, and so it's just <laughs> it counted as exist. one era. Yeah, it's just that's the that time. It's that long ago. It's win ra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you never bought the the full plan, did you? Fuck no. All right, ninth place, eighteen votes, Scott Thompson from Adelaide. Okay, so that's all right. Uh... So it's got to be early nineties. And... <laughs> <laughs> in eighth place. From Geelong, 20 votes, Gary Ablett. Ah, oh, so... Right, so it's going to be real early 90s. Looking at uh, between 2005, uh, 2007, 2010, roughly. In 7th place, from Sydney, 12. 20 votes, Adam Goods. Boo. Oh. Oh. In 6th place, 20 votes, Dane Swan. Getting close now. Yeah, um... I'm fifth I'm place like, from Hawthorne, 21 votes, Sammy Mitchell. Yep, yep. It's it's got to be... Nobody say perfect. In fourth place from the Eagles, Daniel Kerr, 22 votes. Oh, Daniel Kerr, he didn't have good season for a fair while. Because his shoulder was fucked, In right? In third place, 22 votes from the Brisbane Lions, Simon Black. Well, it's... No, it can't be. There aren't that many Brownlow medal winners. It can't be a Brownlow medal winner that... This is the final clue. a couple of... From the Kangaroos, 22 votes. Second place, Brent yeah, Harvey. Yeah, so it's... <clears throat> I think that was 2012. Can't remember. 2012. Uh, and who won that year was... Fuck. Uh, beat Brent Harvey... Prittis. It is not Prittis. Oh, balls. Brenton, you get a free run on the final name, which is the guy who actually won the medal. you just got to tell me the year. Jimmy Bartell, 29 votes. What year did Jimmy Bartell win the Brownlow? I think it was 2012. <laughs> 2007 2007 2007 God um, No I remember it Because it was a premiership year for him Well and I was thinking about it When I was going early I'm like Oh it could be like Around Ackermanus era Then I'm like You can't have black and brown In top 10 And have Ackermanus get as well. the, the brown low Surely I think he, was, he might have been You know he wanted left by then And then after that I was like well, That actually sounds around Job's time like, Obviously not Job Because we've cancelled that shit out He was 2012 You should have known that uh, Job was 2000. I talked myself out of it. Yeah. I was going to say Job, but... Yeah. All right, our next game is called Sons of the Best. In this game, 
I'll give you two players with the same first name or the same last name. They might be family, they might not. In this one, they actually happen to be family. And you got to, and then I'll read out an interesting stat or something that happened during their career, and you've got to tell me which one it is. So this week, we're playing Peter Hudson or Paul Hudson. Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> this one's it'll be all right. There's some, some of these are easy, some uh, the of them are hard. Is, I still remember, like, uh, back in the day, watching the electrifying 80s and magic moments, and that's how I found out about um, Peter Hudson. Well, he yeah. played in the 70s. Yeah. Give me a bit of a spoiler. But must have, I must know have, you must have just been Magic Moments then. No, the Magic Moments, he, was, he would have been on that. It was yeah. in black when, and white or the recolored version. When yeah. he was kicking for the most goals in the season and he so just the, fucked it, it in the grand over final. and over and over With again. Cowboy Neil. Yeah. Made a great ad anyway. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, Peter Hudson or Paul Hudson. Brenton, you'll get the first guess. Won't be a guest, son. I know all these answers. <laughs> is it Peter Hudson or Paul wore three different Guernsey numbers in his career? That is, um, I'm pretty sure that's Paul Hudson. And I'm only saying this because I know he's a Bulldog. He's number th- it was number three there because Chris Grant was number three. But I'm pretty sure he had a stint in a different Guernsey, possibly at another club. Very good reason. A, You've got it right. A little while. Paul Hudson, three different Guernsey numbers. He wore 33 at the Hawks for one season. Yeah. And he moved to 17 at the Hawks. He also wore 17 at Richmond. Played Did he really? One season at Richmond. Yeah, yeah. And wore number seven at the Bulldogs. Peter wore 26 for most of his career, and his last year he came back and wore number one. See, I had no idea that he actually played Richmond, but I knew he, he had a stint at another team. I wasn't sure if it was... I don't uh, think, I don't think he played many games yeah. for Richmond. Yeah. He played most of his footy at Hawks and, yeah, and the Bulldogs. and Bulldogs. But I still remember from the Bulldogs. I would go into the story, but I don't know what, what question's coming next, so I could answer some of those. <laughs> in like the... it, it might happen, you never know. Yeah. All right, Joshua, you get the... Next question. It's very lucky who gets which questions in this one. Lucky we don't organise it beforehand. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> All right, Joshua, Peter Hudson or Paul Hudson? Once caught a helicopter to a game at Waverley Park in 1973 before <laughs> kicking eight goals. Peter Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Do you want to think about it? Think about it. What's your thinking through? I'm thinking well, of the Toyota ad. Was it the Waverley Park? Uh, well, was it the 1973 and eight goals or the helicopter? So, I'm no, pretty, it, was, I'm, it was totally the Toyota ad. I'm pretty sure Julie Bishop was in Perth that, that, that time. So. <laughs> she just, she yeah. just, he, I didn't even know Peter Hudson was yeah. in the Liberal. Uh, he actually caught it from Tasmania where he was living. They flew him in, kicked eight goals, and flew him back out. Not a bad effort. It's a pretty good effort. I mean, especially you got to land on the paddock. <laughs> I think he did land right in the middle too. Just great actually, I, I actually kind of remember, I'm pretty sure I was like Friday 80s. It, <laughs> so. Okay, on to the next one, Brenton. Peter Hudson or Paul Hudson kicked zero goals, two points in his final game against Geelong. Final game of his career. Well, here's the thing is that I think some people just have those aura about them where there's no way Peter Hudson would go out kicking no goals in his final game. And I'm pretty sure we've been talking about magic moments where Peter Hudson was going for the record goals. Uh, so I've got to go Paul Hudson. So your answer's Paul? Uh, yeah. Good answer, Paul. Yes. Paul kicked not goals two against Geelong in his final game. Peter Hudson uh, came back and kicked uh, in a prelim final, kicked one goal in his final game against North. Oh, there you go. Well, and, and I think like one of the other factors that should be sort of weighed to that question is how many out-of-bounds on the full? Because Paul didn't pass too much, either Peter, but Peter was more accurate. Uh, Paul was playing for uh, Richmond at the time as well. Well, there you <laughs> go. He didn't have much to shoot to, did he? All right. Josh, on to your, the next one. Peter Hudson or Paul Hudson had one career hit out recorded in his final season. 
I don't, I don't really know the heights of the two of them, but I've always felt that Peter was the bigger lad. But maybe... He was the key position forward. Yeah. He was. Um, but the game did change a bit, and Paul could have been the third man up and got that uh, you know, lucky sneaky hit out. I mean, Nat Fife has got uh, quite a few hit outs these days. Um, no, I'm going to go with Peter. I reckon he probably would have, uh, he would have preferred to be running off the pack to get the disposal, but he might have had to hit his own rove. I, I, I reckon Paul loved to run off the pack a little bit too. But you got the right answer. No. Peter Hudson, one career hit out. Although I don't know if they recorded hit outs for his entire career because, you know, back in the day they didn't have champion data running around doing it for him. No, yeah. they just had someone's granddad counting <laughs> kicks and they only, he only counted the people he liked. And depended who gave him, uh, you know, a sneaky uh, VB behind the sheds later on. And, and a bit, bit, of, bit of inflation in those stats over the years too. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> um, Paul had six for his entire career. So he, he's done the old man there. It wasn't really? many areas that he's beaten the old man in, but that was one. I'll tell you what, if he was he, if he had that many hitouts, I want to know who was first, second, and third up. <laughs> it wasn't a big lad. Yeah. All right, Brenton, next one in uh, Peter or Paul Hudson kicked 166 goals at Waverley Park in his career. Well, here's the thing. Was Waverley Park, did that later? No, no, that was uh, the Carlton's Optus Oval, so... Um, it's been a long time since AFL was played at Waverley Park as well. So I've got to think about... I think it was played in the 90s. They still played there. Yeah. 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 And uh, Paul was... Was he like 93 through to maybe... Well, he definitely played in the 91 grand final for Hawthorne. I know that much. What? Paul or Peter? Paul. Not Peter. Paul. All right. Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter finished in the 70s. That's, that's what I was thinking. But So... Got to think that it's Peter, only because I think that Paul, he played those games for Hawthorne, but he went out to, he didn't play many for Hawthorne, he went out to the Bulldogs, and they had, I don't know what the stadium was called out there then, or it wasn't a stadium, it was... Well, Western the, Oval, the, they played it for a little bit. West, Western Oval, but did they ever play at whatever was Princess Park, or... I think they did, they a couple of seasons out there. Yeah, so I think that might have eaten into his tally of home of games. Waverly so, Park goals. Yeah, so I'm going Peter. Peter Hudson. Uh, the answer is Paul. Paul kicked 166 goals at Waverley. Peter only kicked 67. Really? Because, well, back in those days, Hawthorne would have played most of their games at Glen Ferry, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in but the old... Uh, 60s know. and 70s, or whenever uh, he was running around. Yeah, I think the goal's a bit wider at Waverley as well. <laughs> it's one of those things. Well, they got really fucking wide when someone nicked the post. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, Joshua. Here we go. Chance to you to catch up a little bit here. Peter or Paul Hudson kicked only one goal in his first and last season. Only one goal in his first and last season. Uh, I'll go with Peter. Go with Peter? Yeah. Incorrect. It's got to be Paul Hudson. Actually, I think I might have given this away earlier on. (laughs) I think you said like, because I was talking about zero goals too. Yeah. Um, Peter kicked 57 in his first season and 110 in his last season. Yeah, I thought it was too obvious. I thought I'd go the other way. Never mind. You double, double bluffed yourself. Yeah. But that can happen. So it's only a 50-50 call, but it can get tricky. Well, I've convinced myself Richmond are going to make finals for like at least <laughs> last 10 years. So, <laughs> All right, here we go. The final question, Brenton. You can have this one for Peter or Paul Hudson. He stole the Da Vinci Codex from an Italian museum with an accomplice while singing side by side. Well, I've actually heard this story before, and I know that back in the day, Peter was a bit of a connoisseur of the arts. So, you um, think- bit of a bit of a person who was pretty handy on the old paintbrush. Yeah. Uh, but I think side by side didn't come out until after Peter had retired. No, Peter. Ooh, 
Yeah, that's came a good out, point. No, it came out in the 30s. Oh, really? I, I did not think about that. And so yeah. I'm pretty sure, I, I know that he, he spent a stint in Europe after the war, and so I'm going to say it's Kate Hudson. No. Now, Paul Hudson, I think, does, he shaved his head at some stage, I'm pretty sure. Does yeah, There is a little bit balding. Yeah. Does resemble Bruce Willis a bit. Does resemble Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. So your answer is Hudson Hawk. It is Hudson Hawk. <laughs> was a trick question, and Josh, you've seen it, seen through it. Hudson Hawk, it was. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've seen the movie too. The, the, I, I kind of like the movie. Yeah, the, thing, the only reason I remember Hudson Hawk is because our uncle Gary had that, and I think Dances with Wolves came out at the same time. The I think two, we got both of those on VCR at the same time. I remember watching those and thinking. These are the best movies ever. <laughs> like, oh, oh, my God. I remember the, the comedian. Um, I've forgotten her name now. Sandra Bernard. Yeah, um, with the big mouth. And she's trying to play the villain. And it, uh, Opposite just, Richard E. Grant. Yes. Yeah. And it was just um, not working. Just No, it was like... No, she was horrible. But I, I really love Richard E. Grant in that movie. Um, apparently, he hates the movie. But the thing is, I, I, passion. I just have this sort of sense of the movie. I can't remember what yeah. happened, but I remember watching it and going, that was awesome. <laughs> I that loved it too. funny, it was, it was good. But the thing is, there's lots of the movies that you, you have those feelings about, and then you go rewatch them, and they Don't suck hold up. balls. Don't hold up like at all. Like the never-ending story. Have you watched that recently? Like, I mean, within the last 10 years? That movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> well, it, they say it's uh, when you go back to your childhood, it's never you know as good as you remember it. And yeah. uh, it's like you should never meet your heroes or that, your idols. That's why I haven't watched Rad in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which brings us to, Josh, uh, you're meeting your idols. Uh, it is great when um, players come out to the country clubs and give their speeches at sporting nights and stuff like that. And you were, had the pleasure of getting an autograph off Wayne Schwoss. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it was back in the 80s when... Um, you know, players weren't paid the exorbitant amounts they are now. They're able to make a living, but uh, they'd supplement their income by going to regional footy clubs, getting paid a bit of cash and telling the same stories that they all shared. Um, there's only so many times you can hear different players talk about biting their own testicle and throwing everyone off them. But, um, yeah, I had a North Guernsey, being a North fan. It was uh, Wayne Schwoss, Wayne Carey and Jason Dunstall, I think. Went up and uh, decided to grab an autograph, and Schwatter's spent most of the day... Drinking his fee, I think it was. So he, he did come out. Uh, I think in the last couple of years and say he had a problem with alcohol. He bet on horses too. He was a. He and Beer were pretty good mates. Hello, he, he never caused any trouble. He was entertaining, but um, yeah, I think I was probably about eleven at the time. So I go up there, you know, meeting Wayne Schwoss, and he's a, a friendly bloke talking about, you know, footy and getting paro. So I put the Guernsey in front of him. And he's like, "What's your name?" I'm like Josh. He's like, "Writes on the Guernsey." Dear Josh, get fucked. Wayne Schwoss. Oh, you yeah, oh, lovely North Melbourne Guernsey. I also looked at it and I'm like, all right, fair enough. And that, uh, that's still hiding around somewhere. I'm still going to find that one. That's one of the few times where the person who gives the autograph is more stoked with it than the person who gets it. <laughs> Who's wrapped with it. Have you seen uh, Mark Hamill does the same thing? Uh, people go with um, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. People go with the Star Wars cards and he writes smart-ass shit on them. Like, he'll do speech bubbles. <laughs> well, and- mate, if you've spent all your time at those conventions... Like you've got yeah. to do something to keep yourself sane. Yeah. Let's be honest, he hasn't uh, done many other films. Lots of uh, speaking work, voiceovers. Voiceovers, yeah. Um, he's still the best somebody. Joker voice. All right, that ends Sons of the Best, and uh, it's all tied up at four goals each now. So as we move into the next game, which is the Brown Paper Baggers. So in this game, I'm going to name an incident involving a player or a club and uh, any sanctions that may have come from this incident, and you need to match the club with the incident. And as this is the brown paper baggers, and they give me so much uh, material to use, 
in every round, Carlton is always one of the answers. So here we go. Round one of the brown paper baggers. The clubs to choose from are Essendon, St Kilda, and Carlton. Right. So, incident number one. In 1980, a player was suspended for 10 games for headbutting a boundary umpire. Incident number two. In 1997, a player was suspended for nine matches for pushing a field umpire after the siren. And incident number three... He shouldn't have blown his fucking whistle. In 2009, a player is fined $900 for swearing at an umpire. So, Josh... That's that's not right. You've just caught up. (laughs) Now that's all even. Incident one, incident two, incident three. What are you thinking? Essendon, St. Kilda, Carlton. Well, you know, I remember... You're attracted to 1980, the first one. Yeah. I remember, um, again, we watching the electrifying 80s. Um, the commentary of that one, he's, he's given someone a bit of a smack up. He's uh, decided to have a bit of a go at another player, and then the umpire gets in his face yelling at him, and he headbutts him, runs over, jumps the fence, gives the guy a bit of biffo too, and the, um, the commentary is like, oh, he's done he's well. Done well. Yes. well, I can tell you now. Give him one too. I can tell you now, <laughs> that was a, a reserve-grade game that was actually televised, and it was a Collingwood player. It looked like and it seeing as the... that's, that's not one of the options, I can well, tell you it wasn't that. He yeah, didn't headbutt him. He when tripped you said him. boundary umpire, I'm like, it was that a wasn't boundary a boundary umpire. umpire. It was a field umpire, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, that wasn't it. It wasn't it. Um, but either way, um, 97 spent it for nine games pushing an umpire. That was Diesel for Carlton. Um, 2009, player fine under was an umpire. Um, well, obviously we've got St. Kilda Essendon in there. I'm going to go with St. Kilda in the 80s because that was the last time they showed any aggression. And Essendon in 2009. It's very well worked out. Now, you, you've uh, you've nailed Greg Williams in 1997. He uh, suspended nine matches for pushing a field umpire. Because I remember that was the first time a player threatened legal action on a suspension. I think he did. He actually took it to court. Yeah, he's um, saying it would end my career. And he, everyone else was like, fuck, yes, we hope so. <laughs> Your career ended a few years ago, champ. He, uh, he played a few more games and then it got uh, overturned and it did end his career. But uh, he managed to play a few more games while still under suspension. So he's done well there. Uh, in 1980, Phil Essendon. Uh, Phil Carmen headbutted the boundary umpire. And I do remember it for one of those uh, highlight uh, tapes. Um, and in 2009, Shane O'Brien for Collingwood was fined $900 for swearing at an umpire. Collingwood? Uh, it was amazing that they actually just picked the one fine. Yeah. Because uh, I reckon they must have been short on, on cash that week. Uh, and the, where the fuck Collingwood come from? I think for for any sort of, of a, the brown paper bagger uh, questions, there's a good chance that Phil Carmen's one of the answers. Got to put an edit into this one. <laughs> Why? Uh, I written down uh, St Kilda, not Collingwood. <laughs> Never mind. So it was Collingwood. It was. It was round. <laughs> it was Collingwood. Fuck. We're all on fucking fire tonight. Holy shit! shit. <laughs> I was going to say because I was looking at that going. Yeah, I remember that one. It was. But the thing is, I was looking at going Essendon, St Kilda, and Carlton. Well, it's got to be Essendon because Diesel did the middle one, and I'm pretty sure the dude was wearing a stripe when he headbutted the the bloke. Don't know Apparently how the gonna... stripe wasn't going diagonal, it was going up and down. Don't know how I'm going to edit that one in. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Fuck it. Run with it and just be like, it was Collingwood, dickhead. <laughs> Trick question. <Yeah. laughs> Trick joke, yeah. All right, Brenton, round two of the Brown Paper Baggers. Your teams are Hawthorne, Richmond, and Carlton. Here we go. Incident number one. In 1910, two players are suspended for 99 games each for throwing a game. In what, what year? 1910. Oh, 1910. So I should have said, this includes VFA. Yeah, right. so, so Melbourne was playing then. 
incident. Well, apparently not if they're throwing games. In 1940, club captain and future legend threatened to walk out on the club after his father lost his position on the board due to his stance to sack the coach. Look, that sounds like Richmond and Carlton up and down, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. And incident number three, in 1922, this club poached an opposition player as their new coach, but did not receive a clearance, so he spent the season coaching one club while playing for another. <laughs> Pretty suave move there. I like that guy's style. You like his style? Well, you know what you're doing, but you don't know what the opposition doing, unless you're playing for him. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a Hawthorne move straight up and down, isn't it? Well, and the fact is, you can tell your players what they're supposed to be doing as the game's going concurrently, because you'll be like, oi, just go over and tell Phil that he's fucked up and he should be on what's-his-name because he's playing on the wing. Uh, leave this guy alone. Yeah. <laughs> Number 10 for them, just leave him alone in the forward line. Everyone just flood to the back lines. That's but you, you've mate. got the ball. <laughs> so, Brenton, you, uh, what would you like? Which one are you going to lock in first? Well, I mean... It's going back a bit, so you try and get the memory. I mean, 1910, I was four years old. <laughs> Brent Harvey only had 30 games. Yeah. True, Got a Nab Rising Star uh, nomination that year, Brent Harvey. <laughs> well, Spark. Like it gets you through. Um, well, you, you talk about Captain Threatens to Walk Out in 1940. I'd have to think that that would be Hawthorne because... I'm trying to think when clubs came about. Well, all these clubs existed in the 1800s, just uh, not always in the VFL. All right, so there goes that reasoning. But uh, Hawthorne joined the VFL in 1925. I'm thinking about, yeah, Richmond Carlton Foundation members. Captains walking out is... That's going to be a complete guess, let's be honest. I mean, 1922... I've got a fair way back. Coach played for another club. That sounds like, well... That sounds like Carlton, really, up and down. So lock it in Carlton for, lock it in Carlton for C. Well, if, it was, if it was Richmond, then they would have been sacked after three games anyway. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, we probably would have traded back for him to get him as a player. More than likely. Um, so I'm going 1910 for... Well, it's, it's, it's got to be Richmond, doesn't it? Two players sacked for 99 games for, thro- for, for tanking, for tanking. Yeah. I think that might have also been going into... To um, try and to... 1910, so it's before the, the war. World War, yeah, actually. It's before university was in there too, wasn't it? Or they a founding team? Uh, I think they were a foundation team. Foundation team, yeah. yeah. So, But they would have got conscripted into war and shit, so they would have been doing... And they were uni students. I think, I think, I think that drinking. did hurt them, yes. Yeah. So, 1910... Uh, I've got to go Richmond for walking out. Nine of the games for tanking. Um 1940 then leaves you with Carlton. Yeah, so uh, lock those in. Club captain, future legend, threatened to walk. Uh, I think you've gone... Uh, who'd you say the club poached was? 1922? Carlton. Carlton? Okay, yeah. so how many have you said Carlton for? Um, so you've gone Richmond... Hawthorne, Carlton. Ha- Richmond, Hawthorne, Carlton. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think you've gone for a big O for three there. Well, you know, so these in, things happen. In 1910, it was two Carlton players that were suspended for 99 games each. It's still the biggest suspension ever. As How did they imagine. come about with 99 games? I Honestly, when I did this research, I wondered that. Why not 100? Did they Is not there, have like a machine that could... Like, it was like the Y2K bug well, where you thought it was going to tick over and the world just ends. I think in uh, 1910, maybe the little cards they had to write, they only had space for yeah, two, two, there. <laughs> two letters and they went 99. <laughs> like those hand clickers you get, they only had yeah. two spots for them. <laughs> and, and in 1940, the future uh, club le- captain and future club legend threatens to walk out was Jack Dyer. 
That was the old uh, old Richmond. His old man was on, uh, on the board, and uh, they were uh, threatening to sack uh, the coach, Percy Bentley, and old, old Jackie threatened to walk. And uh, right on the eve of the season, he came back in. He's back in there. Do you reckon Carlton would have uh, offered him a job just to fuck with everyone? Of course they would have. Of course they would have. Or Collingwood. And it's not a far walk. <laughs> and in 1922, Bill Walton was... Uh, Bill the, Walton? The coach of Hawthorne while playing for Port Melbourne. Holy that, shit. That is a 1922 name. <laughs> Bill Walton. Oh, he played for the Celtics too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I was going to say, was he a better coach at AFL than he was at basketball or commentator? Well, he was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Uh, yeah, so twice he played against the club he was he was coaching, uh, but on those days, how, how, how I think, did they go? Uh, I, I I didn't look that up actually. I think uh, he, he got votes though. <laughs> <laughs> you had the coaches' player of the year that year too. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Um, For two teams. I know. The, the next year though, he did uh, he, he got his clearance finally. So it was only one year that he played for one team while coaching the other. Well. That ends uh, the brown paper baggers. And now we've got Josh's pulled in the lead with five goals to Brenton's four. So we move on to the next game, which is all for one and one for all. In this game, I've picked three players and you have to tell me what they have in common. What is unique among these three players besides just being obviously AFL footballers? Yeah. So you've got to tell me uh, what we've got with these three. So round one, uh, Josh, you're in the lead, so you can go first. We've got Chris Judd, Gary Ablett Jr., and Tom Harley. So what have these three players got in common? What are you thinking? Um, well, straight away I'm going uh, playing numbers, perhaps. Um, Judd, actually, Ablett wore 20-something. 29, yep. And I think he's wearing number nine. I think so. Currently? Or six or nine. Or no, number nine. nine. He's with nine no. at Gold Coast, 29 at, uh, at Geelong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Judd, uh, I think he was... Three and five, he was. Yeah, three and five. So that uh, that puts that narrows out. that out a um, little bit. They, Joel and Ablett both did uh, change teams. Harley, from what I can remember, didn't. He was a Geelong one team player, uh, one club player. Um, it's a tricky one. We've this got one. Uh, we've got two Brownlow medalists and a bloke who never really wanted to win Brownlows. He was quite happy it, touching. It, very uh, much captain courageous type yeah, of player. Tommy the Harley. Shit out of people. Um, uh, they all won the bench press comp at their club. All won bench press. That's an interesting one. Interesting thought. Brenton, would you like to have a guess as well? Well, I was thinking, looking at, they all sort of, they all have played against each other or on the same team at some point. Well, obviously, sure. Gary and Tom played together for for many seasons. Yeah, and back in my days when I was playing <clears throat> Vic Country footy, even though I was in New South Wales, somehow... I don't know if it was legal or not, but they just shimmied the broken all lads across to Majura and stuck them in the big yeah. country teams. <laughs> so she played against Del Santo and Ablett and those people in that league. So I'm going to say they were drafted in the same year. They were not drafted in the same year. Tom was a little bit earlier than these two. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll give you another clue. And it was the first one to come in if you got an answer. But uh, you were close, Josh. You were going down the right path. But uh, what if Tom, I told you Tom Harley played with Port Adelaide and he played one game for Port Adelaide? Before going across. Does that give you any other clues? Well, they've all played for multiple teams then. They have. Um, played one game for Port Adelaide. Uh, one game isn't significant, but Port Adelaide is. So yeah. They've, you, you, they've you, changed states when they've changed teams. That is correct, but it wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> Let's go with that. It is correct, <laughs> but the, the correct answer that I was after was uh, they're all captain at their second club. Oh, so when they captain for one game, no captain at his <laughs> second <Geelong>. club. 
But did you say Tom Harley played one game for Port? Yes. Was his second club or his first club? That was his first club. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> the other one... Yeah, holy shit. The other club... A shit game. <laughs> the other club that he captained, that yeah. was the one. But I will give you a point there, Josh, because you've got a right answer. Especially how bad a game you play where you captain for for one game and they go, no. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Hello, Lance Whitnell, if you're listening. All right, let's move on to round two. So, Brenton, you get to go first in this one. Your players are Brent Harvey, Cameron Ling, and Shane Wakeland. All right, what have these three got in in, uh, in common? And this is a this is a very tricky one. They're all about two hundred years old starters. Brent Harvey's still playing though. Lee's None of them are pretty. Vulnerable. None of them are pretty. What was it Brent Harvey? He only played for Kangaroos. Lingy, he was a decent player for the Cats he and played captain about the, for the same. Cats. Wakeland, he was down at Collingwood, right? For I think Collingwood well, and St Kilda. St I think. Kilda, yeah. He played for two. Yeah, both of those. And Wakeland was more a backline player, wasn't he? Oh, oh, this is a very tricky one, so I'll hint you more to it. It's Cameron yeah. Ling would be the most memorable one. Um, I'm trying to think. Like the way I'm heading is, I'm thinking Brownlow votes. I'm thinking with maybe they were all runner up in the Brownlow medal. Would Cameron Ling be the most memorable? No, that's what's throwing me off. That's what I was trying it's to throw you off a little bit. The most First. memorable thing about Cameron Ling is how ugly he is. Well, the most memorable thing about Cameron Ling was for me getting. Elbow dead by Stolly. <laughs> I'd, I'd stop right there if I were you. <laughs> All right. So, I'm trying to think. Uh, who elbowed Wakelin in the face? Well, we are looking for something they have in common. <laughs> something they have in common. Solly got reported on all of them. Solly beat them all up. Correct. <laughs> Dean Solomon has been reported for striking all three. It, it clearly, Liggins was the most uh, memorable. Yeah. He got a couple of games uh, for Harvey, and I think he got one game for Wakeland. I think Ling is the only one he regrets. The other two, he's like, ah, oh, fuck him. He's a fucking top bloke. He's the <laughs> person you meet off the field. Uh, I mean, it was one of the only incidents I've seen somebody go directly to the press conference and say, I, 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 I fucked up. up. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. Don't know what's going on there. All right. That ends... Uh, all for one and one for all. <laughs> that ends all for one and one for all. We'll move on to the next game, which is all the premierships at Cakewalk. Okay, Brenton, you're behind by one, so you're going to get first strike at this one. What I'll do right. is I'm going to give you a chance to uh, pick one of the teams. We're going to look at a premiership team, and yep. you've got to name a premiership player from that side. All right. So, Brenton, do you want the team that won by 31 points or the team that won by 10 points? 31 points yeah. or 10 points? 31 points, because uh, why not? 31 points. So the team that won by 31 points was in 1997 was the Adelaide Crows. So name a premiership player from the 1997 Adelaide Crows. Brenton, uh, first one to get it wrong is out. Benji McLeod. Benji McLeod? Andrew McLeod. Andrew McLeod. Sorry. I thought you said Benji too. I thought you said Benji McLeod. It's his nickname. (laughs) Is it now? (laughs) Benji. Yeah. Benji McLeod. Oh my God. I've never heard that nickname before. Google it. Google it. (laughs) No, it's always a good good place to start with the uh, Norman Smith medalist, Andrew McLeod. Correct, Joshua. Yeah, uh, ninety-seven. So that was in between the <coughs> two North flags. Uh, Darren Jarman. I think he came over then. Darren Jarman is correct. All right, Brenton, you're next. Got to go, Nigel Smart. Nigel, not so. Of course, he played on the halfway flank. Joshua, another Adelaide Crow Premiership player. Uh. Jeez, I, I could probably name a dozen normally because when we live in the Adelaide, that's what you fucking heard You're about. You all, yeah. Yep. But um, uh, McGuinness. Already retired Ooh. by then. 
I think he had retired by uh, then. Fullback. Well, we're already out. We're out with McGinnis. Oh, yeah. had plenty. Yeah, all right. had plenty. Give us some more. Give us some more. See so, how you go. Um, we had Big Sean Wren. Big Sean Wren in the rucking. You had um, old as fuck Tyson Edwards. Tyson Edwards. Been playing by around that period. Indeed, you did. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> had plenty. See, actually, I no thought, you know what? I thought the the trickier was this one was uh, Rashudo because he didn't play in '97. He only played in '98. Yeah, so I thought that was where I was going to going to get you uh, to trip up. Definitely but, would uh, have eventually because I definitely would have headed to Rashudo. I'm still disappointed that no one knows that Andrew McLeod's nickname is Benji. I, I've never heard that You're one. Racist. I never knew. Um, some other names you missed. Obviously, the captain Mark Bickley, Simon yeah. Goodwin, Ben Hart. And Peter Caven, of course, who uh, oh, yeah. remember in in '98 he, he towed up uh, That's right. Wayne Wayne Carey. I was going to say Peter Caven. You know that name because he did something. <laughs> he did one thing that was really important somehow. Well, he did two things. One was he towed up Wayne Carey in the uh, 1998 Grand Final. Yeah. Other one was kept his wife away from him. Uh, no, the other <laughs> one was he got his head caved in by uh, Tony Lockett. Oh yeah, when he, when he was playing for the Swans. That'll happen. Caven. That's that the difference between those two blokes. Kerry will get dirty, and the plugger just wouldn't give a fuck. I don't think plugger uh, he doesn't really have a reverse gear <laughs> or a brake. Well, Once he gets going, <laughs> there is sometimes where he's run through somebody and hasn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, someone's had to run out and tell him. Yeah. It's got stuck in his belly button. <laughs> if I'm Boomer, just hanging, kicking legs out there. All right, since we are all tied up at six goals each, and since I'm going to delete some other stuff and I'll have to fill time here, we will move on to a second game of uh, all the premierships of Cakewalk. For the other option, which was the win by 10 points, is the 2012 Sydney Swans. Right. So, Josh, you uh, bounced out on that one. So this is the tiebreaker. This is for all the marbles. You can start by naming a 2012 Sydney Swan premiership player. Adam Goods. Adam Goods. It's easy to start there. Adam Goods is the first one. Brenton, move over to you. 2012 <laughs> Sydney Swans. Uh, Sydney Swans, 2000... Um... Looking right at him. Reese. Yeah, Reese. Reese? <laughs> Reese. Reese. Try, try to give me his last name. Reese. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, there is a Reese. Reese. I'll give you that. Sure. Reese, sure. Well done. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Reese, sure. Joshua, 2012 Sydney Swan Premiership player. Jesus, the, the Swans don't. Uh, get enough media exposure in Melbourne. The thing so, is, I look at their faces. I can I see their faces yeah. in my head, and the neighbours go. You, you say <laughs> they don't get enough media exposure, but the grand final is televised. Like, yeah, well, and it I was important one as well. Oh. Honestly, if you ever said the West Coast Eagles, probably going to name more. <laughs> Two thousand and twelve Sydney Swans. There's still a lot of them still playing today. Uh, uh, McVeigh. Jared McVeigh was the captain. Really? He was. Oh, shit. Back then? <laughs> All right, Brenton. 2012 Sydney Swans. Premiership right. team. Well. They've still got a Norm Smith medalist in there. Champion Teddy Richards. Teddy Richards anchoring down full back. I think it was an All-Australian year for him that year How as well. How much better did he get once he hit the Swans as well? Wasn't it amazing? Went from an average player to an All-Australian. Yeah. I remember laughing when Swans picked him up. You're like, you dickhead. You haven't <laughs> seen him play, have you? <laughs> All right, 2012 Sydney Swans are up to you, Josh. Uh, Lachlan. Mickey O? Yeah, yeah. Mickey o, there. there is no Mickey O. Mickey O really? well retired by then. Really? Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. No Mickey O in 2012. He was there for the uh, 05 Premiership Forum. Where did the years go? Where did the years go? 
Yeah. All right, so Brenton, you pull out with that one with the win. Um, some of the oh, names yeah. you missed: Ryan O'Keefe, Daniel Hanabry, LRT, Lewis Roberts oh, Thompson, yeah. of course. Uh, how do you forget Lewis Roberts Thompson? Uh, Josh Kennedy, Nick Malcheski, Shane Mum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bradford, Craig Bird, Lewis Jetter, Heath Grundy, Fucking Ki- Craig Bird, Kieran Jack, Mitch Morton. Mitch Morton kicked a couple Morton. of goals. Holy shit! Yeah, the big Canadian, had... Mike Pyle, really? Mike Pike, Mike Pyle, Mike Pyle, Mike Pyle, got a nasty ass mullet. <laughs> and uh, of course, Lukey Parker was the sub that day. Was he really? And uh, Nick Smith, who blanketed uh, Cyril Rioli, had a, had yeah, a great yeah. game. Yeah, I was thinking about Parker. But I was like, yeah, was was he really playing at that time? Yeah, I was gonna say, I, that would have been the one I would have missed. I would not have picked Luke Parker in a million years. It would have been probably my last guess. Where I'm like, yeah, I've got to slot this one in there because <laughs> I don't have much left behind it. <laughs> All right, that'll end us uh, for this round. And Brenton, you've taken out the win. How do you feel? Um, I I feel like Collingwood beat Richmond somehow, <laughs> uh, except yeah. So confused, confused, confused. All right, thank you for playing, Josh. Yeah, thanks. All right, that'll end us for uh, the Footy Podcast Game Show. Thanks, guys. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.